How do we handle disappointment in our lives and in our ministries? Tim Tebow is our guest this week discussing how we can walk with God through life's disappointments and steward the influence that he's given us. It's all in episode 70 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host, podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, Andrew Hess. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 70 of the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm Andrew Hess, your host, and this week we're talking with Tim Tebow. Tim is a two-time national champion, first-round NFL draft pick, and Heisman Trophy winner. In college, he started the Tim Tebow Foundation to fight for those who couldn't fight for themselves by caring for orphans and building hospitals. We talked to Tim about his new book on how he has maintained his faith through very challenging and public disappointments. And now, here's our conversation with Tim Tebow. Well, Tim, it's so great to have you as our guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for y'all's ministry, and thank you for what you're doing. Absolutely. And Tim, we wanted to talk to you today. I know you have a a new book coming out called Shaken, and in that book, you're really talking about how we maintain our faith and how we continue to to serve the Lord in the midst of, of the challenging things that happen in our lives. Tell us about where the idea for this book came about. Well, it's something that I had prayed about for a long time, and I felt God was really um, putting it in my heart for a little while, and so I finally decided to do it, and um, something that had been in my heart for a while was, you know, I had been blessed in certain times in my life to, you know, go through a a lot of highs, a lot of really awesome moments, but then I had the chance to experience some lows and, um, you know, some, you know, things that um, I couldn't have foreseen, and so then going through these, I, I realized that, you know, not everybody could relate to the highs, but literally almost everyone could relate to the lows. Um, you know, we've all gone through times in our life where we were told that we're not good enough or we can't do what we want to do or, um, you know, just for some reason, you know, we're not enough. And, um, you know, for whatever it is that we're seeking or we're going after. And so I was just really contemplating on that and praying about it. And so I wanted to write a book that would, would be encouraging for people to pick up and read and something that would be that could really dive deep into identity and 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 who God says we are and whose we are in Christ and um, just a different look um, at it where people you know when they're going through tough times they could have something to read that could be encouraging for them because you know we all go through times in our life where you know we we might be shaken and when we're in those moments what do we have to hold on to you know who are we in those moments more importantly whose are we in those moments and you know, do we have a foundation when everything around us feels like it is just going crazy and it's shaking? You know, who are we and what do we have to hold on to and what is our foundation? That's really, you know, why I titled it Shaken. And, you know, because, you know, this book is all about identity. And when you really have a true identity and what God says about you and who you are in Christ, then even when everything else in the world may be shaken, you still have a firm foundation. You still have something to hold on to. And that is always so encouraging. And so that was kind of the premise of the book, and that's how it started. I love that. As you were writing this book, what were some of the times in your own life that you share in the book where where you had to kind of return to that your identity in Christ? Well, was, you know, one of the times when it starts out right in chapter one, I was writing about how when I got cut from the New England Patriots and, you know, walking into Coach Belichick's office and you know, my mindset when I was there was, this is awesome. This is a perfect situation. I'm playing for one of the best coaches in the NFL. I'm behind maybe the best quarterback of all time. 
you know, he's going to retire here in a couple of years. I'm going to take over, win a bunch of Super Bowls. It's going to be awesome. Guys, you got an awesome plan. Thanks. You know, you always come through, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've you already won championships, so we're just going to continue down that path. And then it's like you walk into there and it's, you know, hey, you've been cut from the team. And it's like, wait, what? God, I didn't think this was part of the plan. I thought, you know, I was going to, you know, try to honor you and we were going to win a bunch of championships. And then you really learn in the middle of it, well, you really learn when you're going through the highs, it's so easy to say, you know, God, I, I trust you. It's awesome. I know you have a plan. And we always talk about, you know, so many Christians always talk about God's plan. And he has an awesome plan. It's a perfect plan. And we trust him. But, but it's really when you go through the lows where you really have to trust God for who he is, what he says, and the plan he has for your life. And so it's like in those moments, that's when I, you know, flying back to, to Jacksonville, Florida and seeing my family and they're all continuing to go about their businesses. Like, wait a second, I can't do what I want to do. I don't have a job, a car. No one wants me to do my favorite thing in, in the world. And, you know, so it's, those are the moments where you really have to think about, all right, God, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to choose to trust you in this moment. I'm going to choose to, to know that you're in control. I'm not in control because if it was my way, you know, we have already been winning championships. It would be a lot easier than this. And so you have to choose to put the Lord continually on high. And one of my favorite verses is Psalm 16, 8. You know, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And, you know, I, th I think it's not till you really get to certain tough times in your life where you really realize what that verse means. And like, for me, it means I have set the Lord continually on high. Like, it's not just, I, I don't just do it one time. I don't just do it on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but it's continually like every day, every morning, maybe a hundred times in a day, because what's going to happen is life is going to try to jump on that pedestal and this, and, and, and we always are going to have things that are going to be trying to take the number one priority in our life. And, you know, it could be our jobs, it could be family, it could be friends, it could be, you know, whatever it is that is taking up the majority of our hopes and our dreams and and so for me, it was in those moments to just continually try to set the Lord on high. Like, okay, God, this isn't the way I would plan it, but I'm going to trust you and who you are and put you on high. And when we do that, then he says, you won't be shaken. And so that's something that really meant a lot to me in a lot of those different tough times. I love that. One of the chapters in your book that really hit me uh, is when you talk about the amazing Broncos playoff run. Uh you talk about that that amazing season. You, there were so many great games there, and you talk about how going into that playoff game, you're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I remember it well. I'm a Broncos fan. And you talk about in the book how during that time you really were thinking a lot about the Psalms. Tell us about mm -hmm. kind of what was going on in your heart and how God used the Psalms to kind of prepare you for, for that time. Well, I, it, I was um, going through the Psalms a lot with um, one of my best friends, and we were just continuing to read it. And then we were actually trying to kind of write our own Psalms to God and trying to, you know, just pour out our heart to Him. And God was doing so many amazing things. And, you know, I remember one of the games I had just been reading Proverbs actually before the game, and um, really, you know, Proverbs 3, but just a bunch of different Proverbs. And, you know, trust one of the verses that kept coming to my heart was trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge and he will direct your path, you know. But I started to think, you know, well, trust the Lord with all your heart, but do not lean on your own understanding. What is your own understanding? And it kind of hit me that I think your own understanding is what you feel comfortable with, you know. And for me, that's my own athletic ability. And so it's like, 
all right, so I started in the middle of the game quoting that verse, and all these teammates were coming up. What are you saying? What are you saying? I was like, I'm just quoting the verse. But I started changing it to trust the Lord with all your heart, but do not lean on your own athletic ability and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So I kept saying that over and over and over again. And out of all the crazy wins that we had that season, it was this game where I kept saying that to God that we actually lost. And mm. so it was like, God, I thought, you know, if we were trusting you, you were going to pull out another one for us. But but the interesting thing was he was, you know, what he's teaching you through all of that is he's molding you. He's saying it's not going to be your plan, but he's, he's teaching us. And so I think the amazing things that season weren't just the, the incredible wins and the come from behind games where you would have teammates come up and you'd be like, did God win that? Did God pull that out? You know, it's crazy. You'd have so many things like that. But I think it was even in the losses where God was really teaching us and me and and molding us and um, continuing to, to um, you know, show me so many different things that I could learn from. And I think one of that, those is, is, is not getting comfortable in just what we think, but it's continuing to give everything to God, even what we feel the most comfortable with. And for me, one of those things is my athletic ability. Mm-hmm. So tell us about like those games where, where maybe you did lose, how did you maybe respond to that loss in your own heart? And how did you try to keep, you know, kind of keep trusting in God, you know, after a difficult loss? Well, yeah, you have to go back to understanding that um, God is so much bigger than a game. And it's just the, at the end of the day, it's just a game. So one thing that's important is keeping perspective. Another thing is that God is in control. And we have to remember that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And he's got a better plan for us than we could possibly imagine. And one of the verses that always gave me a lot of encouragement was Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that for us to walk in. And, you know, that verse is so encouraging because, you know, for we are his workmanship, that word workmanship comes from the Greek word poema, which could also be translated poem. And you really think about that verse and it's like, wait a second, we're God's poem creating Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand. So pretty much you sum up that verse that God wrote a poem about our life for good works before we were ever born. That's how much we mean to him. And the encouraging thing is it's not a poem to be ordinary or average, but it's a poem for good works and that God has in store for us. And so, you know, you got to take God at his word sometimes that he has an awesome plan and it's a great plan and it's not um, and it's better than anything that we could possibly imagine. And, you know, you could also translate that word workmanship as masterpiece, meaning God, God already has a masterpiece for every single one of us. And we have to choose to trust him and, you know, give over our wants and um, what we think are our needs to him. And he's going to do amazing things with it. And maybe we can't even see what all he's doing, but he's going to do something pretty cool. That's awesome. And I do think that that's the faith that um, no matter what happens, we continue to hold on to those, those truths. I know that uh, one of the works that you've been doing is uh, creating a Bible study and a video curriculum. Tell us about that and where, kind of where that, that desire came from. Well, I just wanted to be able to try to create something that would be encouraging for, um, for young people and maybe people that are so young to be able to um, have something to go through and study and, and just talk about and dialogue because I think it's so important. You know, I'm just a believer that he who walks with wise men will be wise, the companion of fools will suffer harm, you know. And so to have people get together in these 
you know, Bible studies and iron's going to sharpen iron and to give, you know, throw out, you know, throw out topics and different things that I've been through highs and lows and, and how people can relate to them and then have them talk about it and dialogue and being able to go through these verses like Ephesians 2.10 or John 16.33, you know, and, and, and talking about, you know, taking heart and what does that mean and, you know, just continually going through the scriptures and trying to tie in stories and, and verses that have been very applicable to my life, but also how I feel like they might be applicable to someone going through tough times right now and really encourage them that, that God's, he's not only enough, he is so much more than enough. And he is just, he's awesome. And when we lean into him, what he can do in our lives and through us. And, and so it just, it's honestly, it's just me pouring out a little bit of my heart and my story in this, um, Bible study, and hopefully it'll be encouraging for people. Yeah, and, and for those in our audience, um, wh- where can they go to to find that? Um, I think they can just probably go to uh, pretty much I- anywhere um, to go get that. Walmart.com. It'll all be coming out uh, October 25th, and okay. you could go pretty much, I think, anywhere. I don't know. I'm not a good salesperson, I don't think. <laughs> well, we'll, li- we'll find it and link it to it in the show notes of this episode. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Well, Tim, we live in a day where um, so many pastors and leaders have amazing influence. You think about the internet and social media, and and you certainly have an amazing influence, amount of influence that the Lord has given you. Talk to us about how you steward that influence and how you think about all these people that are looking to you, you know, as a a faith-filled athlete. How do you think about that? Well, I I think it's huge. I think it's, it's a responsibility and obligation. I think that you know, there's so many people that are, that listen to your podcast that are leaders and influencers, but there's probably a lot of people that listen that feel like they're not, like they're not a pastor, they don't have a pulpit, they don't have a lot of people underneath them. But I really believe that almost every single person has so in this in this world has someone that is watching them, has someone that they can influence. It might be a a brother, a friend, a neighbor, a cousin, someone at their school, someone at their workplace. But there's someone that is watching us, and there's someone that their life is going to be different because we're in it. The question is, is it for the better or is it for the worse? And I just think that that we have such a responsibility to to love and to share with with the people that are watching us. And that doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect because we're not. We're we're going to fall and we're going to mess up, and and that's going to we're going to do it more than once. But I think it's just so important to to try and to strive to make a difference for the people that are looking up to us and watching us and because ultimately our legacy is not going to be in the money that we make and um the books that we sell and the games that we won and the championships that we have. None of that is going to mean anything. What's going to mean something is what we do in people's life. What we do to impact people for the kingdom of God. You know, ultimately, I think, you know, you know so many pastors can, can talk theology and, and for so long, but ultimately, I feel like so much of the Bible is broken down into two things, loving Jesus and loving people. And the more we can keep it clear and just stay focused on, on, that, on the task at hand, I think the easier that it is, because we can stay focused on, on the clear thoughts of, all right, every day I just want to draw near to Jesus and love Him, and I just want to love people. And however we can do that, it, you know, God gives us different ways and different tools and abilities to do that. But that's really just my heart is to sharing with these these young people that, you know, it's it's not going to be easy, but it's just going to be worth it. Let's just 
let's just try to love Jesus as much as we can and try to love people and, and give everything we have to that. And ultimately, that's what's going to mean the most in the long run. It's, it's not everything else that we get caught up in. And trust me, I've got caught up in a, a lot of different things. And I talk about that in Shaken, about you know getting caught up in whether it's this championship or this hype or this criticism or this. But ultimately, none of that means anything. It really doesn't in the long run. What means everything is is your relationship with Jesus and your ability to love other people, the people that God puts you in contact with. I love that. And I think you kind of hit on something that I think a lot of pastors and ministry leaders face is is that those moments of negativity or criticism. Uh, It comes with the territory. And I think you've been somebody who's handled it well. Talk to us about how you process that, you know, how you keep it from from kind of changing from what you just shared with us, that, that mission of just loving God and loving other people well. Well, it's, it's not easy. You know, I'm naturally um, a person that's a people pleaser. I like to make people smile. I like to make people laugh. I like to, for everybody to like me, but sometimes it's just not going to be the case. And when you're doing something um, that's meaningful, when you're striving for something, and when you're trying to impact people, you're going to have people that are going to want to bring you down. You're going to have people that are going to tear you down, and, and you just have to go back and and you have to take heart again. You have to set the Lord continually on high again. And you have to stay um, fired up and built up and in the Scriptures so that we understand the task at hand. And the task at hand is not that everyone likes us or, or even everyone loves us. The, the task at hand is that we can share the good news of the Gospel with every single person we come in contact with. And that doesn't always mean that we're preaching the Gospel. But one of my favorite quotes is, Every day we share the gospel, but not every day we use words. And that means it's everything that we're doing. We just have to stay built up, and it's not always going to be easy, but it is going to be worth it. And we just have to stay focused on the task at hand and what really matters. And it's funny, when you're an athlete, you always have um, these goals in front of you, right? You have a goal for a season, a goal for the year, maybe a goal for training camp, you know, for the first four games, eight games, 12, 16, whatever it is. And but I think in the Christian life, it's important to have those goals as well. It's important to you know, have in front of you um, something to strive for so that we know, um, so that we can continually look at that and keep focused. So, you know, it's a, it'll make it a little bit harder for us to get sidetracked. And I think that's just something that I've tried to keep in my life and other people around me to keep me accountable and hold me accountable to what I say that I'm going after and, and really what I say that, um, that are the most important things to me. Tim, I think a lot of leaders would resonate with you there. The challenge of keeping those relationships intact, where especially there's an accountability uh, need there. Do you feel like that's been hard for you as your influence has grown to keep uh, those relationships in place, people that have the, the ability to, to ask you the tough questions and keep you accountable? Well, I think it's important to have um, really people close to you that your inner circle that aren't going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. And they're going to tell you when you're doing it right. And they're going to tell you when you've been a jerk. And I think that's really important. I think I'm so blessed to have people in my inner circle, family and close friends that, that are really my rock as far as that goes. And they just, I'm so blessed to have them in my life and people that are that do tell me what I really need to hear and also keep me accountable, but also keep me fired up at the same time and just in, encourage me when, you know, you get down, um, you know, lift you up when you feel weak, but at the same time, you know, 
they're able to tell you when, hey, you should have done this differently or you should have treated this person differently. And I think that's just invaluable to be able to to have that and to be able to have family and friends that, that do that for you. And that's something that I talk a lot about in, in the book, but also the um, the Bible study is just how important it is, how important it is to, to have true friends, but also be a true friend and being really being able to truly love someone and um, and choose the best interests of another person and, and act on their behalf. And, you know, that's what God did for us with his agape love. And, you know, as much as we can do for for our friends and our family is choose their best interests and act on their behalf. You know, that's the, um, the deepest form of love we could ever have for somebody. Well, Tim, the time has gone fast. Thank you so much for talking with us and, and really appreciate your ministry and example. Uh, really, really thankful for your ministry. Well, I just appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on, and to all the pastors that are listening, thanks for your ministry, and just God bless you, and uh, just keep up the fight, because you're making such an impact around the world, and just thank you for for everything that y'all are doing, so I just really appreciate it. Well, thanks again to Tim Tebow for joining us this week as our special guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes. And consider sending this episode to someone you know who might benefit from listening to it. Also, be sure to download the show notes for this episode at churchleaders.com forward slash podcast. In the show notes, we always include resources mentioned in the show and links to some of our guest top content on churchleaders.com. As always, if you have ideas for how we can improve this podcast or guests we should talk to, you can email us at podcast at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.